This is the Band School Podcast, where we talk about business adventure and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. All right, welcome to the BAM School Podcast. I'm here with my guest and good friend, Scott Salvigson. Um, we go way back to 1995, at least, when we played soccer together for what is now uh, Clark Summit University. We were national champions, I might add, that year. Um, now I've realized later there's like a million national champions every year, but we were two of the million. So uh, we got that going for us. And um, Scott, I'm going to title this, I think, the, um, what did I say? I had a title yesterday and it totally left my mind. The not intriguing entrepreneur, what was it? No, that's good. Unconventional, I think you said. Unconventional entrepreneur. Unconventional, intriguing man of mystery and entrepreneur, Scott Salvingson. Um, He has all kinds of projects always going on from you know, different kinds of ways to get meat to boats at the bottom of bays and churches and firehouses and golf courses and islands and a few other things that I didn't mention yet. So I'm excited to uh, get into your story. So welcome to the podcast, Scott. Thank you. It's good to connect again. Yeah. Um, I One of the things that I thought, one, it has been really fun reconnecting over the last couple of years. But um, kind of one of the things that cemented our reconnecting was an adventure to your island. Um, and then I think that doesn't happen enough. So we, we went to your island. Tell us, tell us a, give us the spiel on Duck Island because that's, that's an exciting story in and of itself. Well, Duck Island, um, my, my twin brother is... Uh... Stan is my partner in crime, one of the partners. Um, our spouses are also uh, fully culpable in this. We don't do this stuff behind their backs. And I, that's one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, how do you know, to my wife, what do you, how do you deal with this? How do you live with this? And, and, you know, I say she's, she's guilty as much as I am. We're both guilty parties, yeah. but uh, that was an adventure that started uh, probably 2012. Um, and, uh, Stan and I were on vacation with our families down in Hatteras, and uh, every time back, we were thinking of reasons not to leave. Like, that's like the typical vacation, right? So on the way back, we're looking for places on the water to buy, just dreaming, looking at different stuff, and we found some islands with some houses on them um, on the sound side in the Outer Banks, and uh, we started, I'll use the word stalking, um, but uh, <laughs> researching, we'll do researching, um, started researching some of these properties and looking at them and some of them had pictures online and stuff. So we'd post them on our, on our pages. And, and that was for years. We just had pictures up and, uh, and Stan and I would talk about it now and then one day I called and I was like, I wonder what they're, you know, I wonder what the deal is, but there's one Island with just a single house on it. And, uh, so we started to pursue that a little bit, um, find out who owned it, look through tax stuff, just kind of digging up information. Um, then a year we went sat on that information and I stumbled across a picture. It was actually a picture on my desktop on my computer. And so I'd sit there and look at it every day. And one day I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if that person would look to sell that place. Right. So we start, you know, poking around. I find only a PO box with her name on it from that was listed on a tax bill 
um, that was public uh, public knowledge. So I hand wrote a letter. Basically, I had to Google how to how to write a handwritten letter. I had forgotten. <laughs> it's been so long since. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna write it. So I know that I did everything that I could for I, just to, yeah. to get the answers and get that thing. You know, I wrote it. Two weeks later, I get an email back. I put my email address in there, and the lady was like, "Yeah, I'm looking to sell." I mean, let's talk. And uh, she called me three days later on a Sunday night. And I had a whole list of questions that I wanted to ask, you know, uh, zoning and all kinds of different things, size of the property, wells, fresh water. And uh, she rattled right through. We had a price point that Stan and I were happy with if we were looking to, you know, purchase that. And, you know, it was this odd, uh, you know, unconventional, certainly, yeah. uh, pursuit and negotiation ended up being right in the wheelhouse of what we were looking to do. And, um, I said to my wife, I was like, let's go down. And ch I, I said to lady, when can we look at it? She's like, well, I, the only day I don't work is Mondays. And this was the week before Thanksgiving. And we drove out. Um, I was, I called Stan and I'm like, Stan, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Cause that's the only yeah. Monday between then and Christmas that we could have looked at the thing. And he yeah. goes nothing. He's like, oh, he was right. He was doing a party for his uh, college and career group at his church. He was cooking there. I said, we're going to look at Duck Island tomorrow morning. You want to come? <laughs> and he's like, that's an eight and a half hour drive. Like we'd have to leave now, <laughs> get there at 7 a.m. And uh, Katie, me and Stan jumped into his Prius. He met us half, you know, in the middle and we jumped in his Prius, drove down there, hit a deer on the way down. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those bizarre, got there, I think we got a hotel room for like half an hour so we could wash up. <laughs> and we pull up there and this lady's dogs, you know, she, she's standing there and I'm like, man, I've, I've seen this lady. I've seen, I know the dog's name is like, we've seen this property. We got off on the property and I'm like, I feel like I've been here a thousand times because for the last wow. four or five years, we've been looking at. Yeah. Now more of the unconventional. So now what we get it, you know, it was low overhead, but then there's stuff you got to figure out down the road and, uh, we're still doing that. I mean, I, I hope I always yeah. am, um, yeah. you know, taking new challenges and, and figuring it out. Yeah. It's part of the love of the game, I guess. Yeah. And so we ended up when I was running the BAM school last year, um, Chris and I came out and you and Stan, the four of us went out to the island and um, we were we were just going to spend the night, I think, and then come back for, you know, in the morning for lunch. And um, the tide went out, you said, further that it's ever gone up until that point. And so we <laughs> we got to. I mean, it went to out to the point we we went out in the morning to get on the boat. And you could see dry yeah. land under the boat. It was just tied to the dock, leaning up against the dock. Fortunately, there's yeah. cell phones so we could, you know, send pictures to our family saying we're staying for, you know, a few hours. Yeah. And no, really, the tide is out. The boat is not little. But yeah. it opened up, like you said, an adventure that we could walk. I mean, we could walk half the sound out there and yeah. explore walk different islands, islands and different things. Yeah. Yep. That was super fun. And that I, like that doesn't happen enough as an adult, I feel like, where, you know, 
you're just like boys on an adventure doing fun things. And then um, we were kind of content to like stay at the island, but you had family coming in. Um, Stan was coming back and um, your future daughter-in-law and stuff. And so you wanted to get home. We were yeah. all just like, ah, we're, we're content to eat peanut butter, honey and tortilla shells for the next two days. But you kind of manhandled. We were that. running low. We were running low on supplies for sure. <laughs> Yeah, digging out the boat, getting us back. Um, so I, I just wanna, I just wanna list off real quick. I, I did in the intro some of the things that you've done. Well, actually, l let me, let me hit the island just for a minute more. So you've been, you've been dialoguing with investors that maybe want to, you know, invest millions into this, do something different with it. Do you just kind of? Let it go as it is, and and bring people in. You know, charge them for duck hunting. Um, a lot of different options of what you may or you know will do with the property. It opens up a lot of things. But you have um, you have been a real estate developer. Um, you've uh, you currently own a golf course. You converted a church from a church into a house, and then. Um, sold that recently you are a airbnb landlord um you have multiple you know potentials on your whatever 90 acres or whatever you own there in north carolina there's options for more airbnbs apartments um sustainable meat what do you call your your meat thing manageable meat manageable, manageable meat <laughs> and why is it manageable meat I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you, I've tried to go beyond manageable and I got a cow <laughs> last December and it was already yeah. bred. So I'm like, all right, it's a twofer. It's going to have a calf. Then I'll have milk. Yeah. I can manage that. About three months later, thing wandered into the swamp and sunk up to its shoulders. <laughs> That's no longer manageable. And so out came the ratchet straps and uh, and the ingenuity, problem solving. And uh, I was like, this is no good. She did have the calf. The calf was going nuts because it couldn't get milk. Yeah. I'm up to my armpits in mud trying to shove it out from behind. We've got my wife has a harness from the horse on the thing's face pulling it. And we got to strap it with the neighbor and uh, my son trying to ratchet strap it out from under the armpits. Yeah. And uh, I'm still recovering psychologically and physically from that. Uh, did, and then did that the happened three survive? more times. Oh. oh, the cow survived and must have yeah. enjoyed it enough to, to do that three more times. <laughs> and uh, the fourth time it went, it just went on Craigslist. Um, yeah. I removed it first. Yeah. But I it was not yeah. manageable. About two weeks yeah. later, one of my sheep went in there. That was yeah. easy. I walked in the swamp. I grabbed it. I dragged it out, and it was perfectly fine. Yeah. So the manageable meat thing is is again. I mean, that's a that's a side deal. I I view you know local food as a as a broken system, you know. Yeah. And there's so much opportunity to grow and provide locally, and that's something I've been I've been messing with aquaponics and like I said yesterday, shrimp farming and you know something yeah. on local levels that you can it's it's you can produce meat locally yeah um 
in abundance, but that is, an, again, an ongoing uh, experimental venture. And I, I think yeah. I think sheep is where it's at right now. So that's my, it yeah. might change next time we talk. So you've tried cows, sheep, pigs, alpacas, yeah. goats, dogs. What yeah. else have you tried? <laughs> I have not eaten dogs yet, but yeah. I see where you're going with that. Um, oh, emus, I went there. Yeah. Um, the horse, the horse got out yet the last week, got the neighbor, neighbor called me and I'm supposed to be training for a 5k. I forgot to call you and, and, and extend the invite to you, buddy, next time the 5k. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, I, I hadn't trained. I had to go fetch the horse from about uh, half a mile away and I was running with it back down the street, pulled a, pulled a muscle during my extensive <laughs> 5k training, running with the horse down the street sure that's on instagram somewhere but uh yeah i mean i i've i've tried a lot of different things there's there's catfish there's shrimp i mean i don't know it's it's just more of a side thing than uh than anything else as, as are, are many of the things and i talked to a good friend yesterday about you know entrepreneurship i know you and i talked you and i have talked about it uh, over the course of the last year or so but uh you know, a lot of entrepreneurship comes down to the why, like, why, why are you doing this? Like, why would you, why would you get 40 sheep or whatever? Um, and it's not always monetary, right? It's, a, it's, it's, you know, inventors are that way too. There's, they sense a problem or there's something that intrigues them enough to pursue, uh, you know, answer to that problem or, yeah, you know, success is the adventure. Success is finding the answers. The sex success is, you know, maybe even helping somebody else get, you know, they might, now someone else might reap all the financial benefits of it, but you've, you've figured that problem out. Yeah. Which part of that was no, getting I, the boat unstuck from Ali Island. Well, I mean, that's the same. Yeah. Yep. I, I, and I think that's the thing, like you can figure it out. I, I was using software for a client recently and I've been emailing back and forth with tech support for two months and they're like, you know, the solution you want just isn't possible. And I was sitting down at my computer and th these are the people that own the software. They work for the company and they're telling me, no, it cannot do what you want. And I just sat at my computer and I thought for a second, I'm like, how do I make this happen for the client? And I'm like, it, I bet it can do it. Like there's a way I can make the software do what the developer is saying it can't do. And so after two months, I just sat down at my computer. I played around. I'm doing all the different settings. Boom. An hour later, it does what I've been trying to ask them to help me do for a month. And it's just like, you just play around with it. You figure it out. You come up with a solution that works. And I think there really is something. Obviously, um, you know, you could look to the third world. Like, they always do chickens. A lot of chickens. Um we tried at our orphanage pigs and uh, our orphanage director said that was the worst experience of his life. Um, <laughs> I think I can't remember if they ate them all or they sold them at the end or whatever. I just remember he's like, chickens are OK, pigs not so OK, you know, for running around. But yeah, I think there's really something in our I think in our world to go. How do we you know, my wife is like. 
we we have seven and a half acres. We need to put fruit trees and berry bushes and just things that will, you know, basically with very little care provide fruit for generations to come, you know, without like we plant it once and, and weed it a little bit and do a little bit of stuff and we can have that for years to come. Um, what are some of the, what are some of your values that have sustained you in entrepreneurship over the years? What, you know, you talked with your friend about your why, um, what is your big why that, that kind of propels you? Um, well, I, I think that comes down to, uh, you know, a lot of things. I mean, finance is something that always has to get done. You know, for my wife yeah. and I have talked for the last 25 years, our goal was to create enough or start enough prog um, projects that are successful that we don't have to make our decisions based on money. Okay. So that's, yeah, it's not a dollar amount. I don't want to be a million. I don't want to be whatever. It's like, can we get past this hump where the decisions that we make on a daily basis are based on how much money we have or don't have. And we've been there. Yeah. I mean, we've been there and that's a driving factor. Um, but you know, that value is a matter of, you know, what, that determined the why was let's just take yeah. that out of the equation. Okay. So that's, that was the right. first step. Um, our family is, is, is a huge reason why, I mean, my kids, I'm super proud of them. We just sent the last three boys off to college this past week. Um, woo -woo. Clay's obviously married, you know, Clay, my daughter, 13 years old is, is still at home here. But, um, you know, I, I, that's another thing that Katie and I said, the best, the best thing that we could give our kids as inheritance is an example. It's not, yeah. you know, a thing or a place or a, a you know, a portfolio. Um, it's an example. And within that example, you know, our relationship with each other, Katie and I is, you know, first, first and foremost, our relationship with God is that's what is the center of our marriage. But secondly, our marriage, our relationship with each other, is something that's going to last whether, you know, financially or whatever situation that they're in, it forces us to make the relationship decisions that, you know, are long-term, um, yeah. within that relationship to never stop growing, to never stop, stop stretching ourselves, taking on new challenges. Um, that's something that it was literally a probably 23 years ago, um, 22 years ago that Katie and I were like, we just will never back away from everything based on fear. Um, yeah. you know, based on evaluation. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that I probably should have <laughs> backed away from <laughs> getting a cow would be one of them. Um, yeah. but you know, that fear of opportunity, you know, fear of not being able to do it is, is different than the fear of it not really working or whatever. So the evaluation process has been, something that you know we have worked on i'm a the ultimate optimist so whenever i look at anything i'm like oh sounds like a good idea let's do it right yeah. yeah and then you start writing stuff down pros and cons and the next challenge is you know how can i come up with the <clears throat> worst case scenario and yeah. that's what it goes on yeah um you know values and we've talked about this before too i mean you treat everybody 
like they're equals. You know, one thing that yeah. we've always stood by was, you know, nobody's better than me and nobody's worse than me. Right. Yeah. So when you approach a relationship, business relationship, employee relationship, you know, my effort to improve on myself and, and take on challenges, it pulls up maybe people that that wouldn't be. And I, I believe in those people more so than they yeah. believe in themselves most yeah. often. Um, and, and I'll and I'll always do that. Yeah, that's that's paramount. Yeah. I think that's awesome. We um, early in my youth ministry years, I raised two grand for each of of eight students and two staff to go with me to mainland Japan for two weeks, and we <clears throat> like hiked Fuji. We brought a trainer in from America. You know, just went around Tokyo. We had a we had a great time. Kids were learning a lot about themselves, getting grounded, and how to lead a cell group and teach and all that kind of stuff. And when we got back. Two of the girls said, hey, thanks for this. Like the two that were going to be staff. They were like, thanks for like helping us learn about ourselves and how we're gifted. Um, in fact, we decided we're not going to help you this year. We're going to go and do this other ministry. And at the time, I was really bummed. Like, you know, wait, I just raised two grand for each of you. Like the expectation was, you know, there was going to be some return on this investment. Um, but one of the things that I've realized over the years is that um that just little bit of believing in somebody can totally help them when they you know maybe they're in doubt they're struggling whatever and just a little bit of encouragement a little bit of speaking life speaking some vision and their lives can go on a totally different trajectory i heard a couple on a podcast recently that like the guy was just you know, they were just struggling with like no end jobs just to, to make it happen. And this guy was a rapper and his wife, like when they were trying to figure out money, his wife was just like, you can do this. And she's like, I'm going all in on you. I'm going to promote you. She knew a little bit of social media. And now it's like, they went from like hoping to get like three, $4,000 a month to like a quarter million a month. And the crazy thing was, it was like, no one believed this dude could rap except his wife or maybe she was his girl. I think she was his wife. And she just like put all her belief behind him <clears throat> and totally changed the trajectory of not only like both of their lives, but now they've hired family, you know, families coming in. And I just see that so much in people's stories where somebody believes in them and it, it changes them. So, um, it's hard too because there's times when you know if they just made a different choice, put in a little bit more effort, did this, somebody's trajectory would be different. And sometimes they're like, they slide back into whatever's comfortable or whatever, you know. So anyway, love that. Love that value of valuing others. Yeah. Do you have any, um, does any stories come to mind when you've believed in someone and seen something change in their lives or something's come, I see a little smile there. Something came to your mind. Well, just, I mean, stories in general, there's a story for everything, but you know, believing in somebody and, and that goes both ways and both everything you just said, goes both ways. You know, you, somebody believe you believe in somebody and they get to a spot and then they go back to what they were doing before. And I, and I don't know if it's habit, comfort, 
I think nine times out of 10, they don't realize that they're doing that. They don't, yeah. we don't tend to realize the thing that's holding us back. John Maxwell yeah. talks about something called a blind spot where, you know, the value of having a network of friends that are willing to say something like you're doing it again, right? Like, yeah, we're looking at this and, and, and you're actually the piece of the puzzle that's, that's making the thing not work. You're upside yeah. down or, or, you know, whatever yeah. it is, like, this would be running great if it wasn't for you. But, you know, I've got, um, at the golf course, for instance, we've got a guy that, you know, um, manage, manages everything on site. Now, it does incre an incredible job. He started working for us, you know, as as a, he was just mowing. I mean, he was just mowing. He was selling yeah. uh, dog treats, I think, at the time. And, he, and, and our employee was leaving. He's like, I got a friend who will replace me. And I'm like, all right, bring him in. And, um, he is, he is, he will take on anything on his own volition and yeah. he'll call me and say, you know, I don't know about this. I'm like, you can do, you can do it. And he, he'll do it. Yeah. And yeah. sad thing is he does most of the stuff he does is he does better than me. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. We were just, uh, well, you know, Veronica Clay's wife, we were just up there. Yeah. Um, I was doing flooring with clay and stuff. We're trying to get him moving ready. And she was, she didn't, she was working that shift. So she's, she's like, well, I can help. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can help. Like, let's do it. She's like, really? And she hammered the first board and it was super loud. It was in the basement on a concrete floor. <laughs> and she was like, well, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. That was horrifying. <laughs> and I was like, just put that board in. I'm telling you when that thing goes in like exactly right, you're going to be yeah. thrilled. And she did it. And it was like, oh my goodness. And she just yeah. started laying floor as fast. I mean, I've done this many times as yeah. fast as Claire. I'm just, you know, yeah. doing it. Got to the end. Right. She's handing me boards to cut. And I was like, you cut it. Yeah. And she's like with the saw, like with the battery, you know, electric saw. I'm like, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah. And it was a man. And she's like that. We've been, I mean, she's been a huge blessing and, and what a great part of the family, but you know, many things, anything that we talked to her about, she said, I don't know if I can do it. You can yeah. do it and she'll do it excellently. Yeah. Um, but you, you wonder, you know, how many, how many things have you not done because somebody gave you the idea that you couldn't, or just yeah. didn't say the simple word, like, well, let's try it. Yeah. Let's try it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I guess with the electric saw, there's just there's answers that we don't really want to go into there, but it's the yeah. worst that could happen. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I think that's something that you know a lot of people say a teacher or a coach were the most instrumental people in my lives. Well, yeah, those two people that that believed in you at, at many points, yeah. sometimes probably out of necessity. You know, you're yeah. a key player on the team, but um, it's it's huge and finding. You know, entrepreneurship can only get as you can only do so much, and and yeah, we often do too much, and it waters down the effectiveness of the stuff that we we've done well. Um, yeah, but finding people that I've seen so many organizations take if churches anything they start off and there's a huge push, there's a vision, and people can get on board and they're super excited about it. And years later, sometimes months later, sometimes years later, the leadership can't do it anymore. 
or they're yeah. gone or whatever. And that cool organization gets passed to very capable management. Yeah. And for some reason, something's just off. It doesn't carry the same hype. It's just a lot of mechanicals. But I think it usually comes to at some point, there's a lack of um, maybe mentorship, but the vision wasn't passed on with the activity. Yeah. It, it right. wasn't ingrained in that. It wasn't, you know, and I felt that with soccer. I mean, that, that year that we won nationals was legendary. I mean, it was fantastic. Great group of guys, great chemistry. Um, there were other years that it was just like, well, I'm on the team. I mean, we got a game yeah. this weekend, whatever. Um, but there wasn't this vision and unity that that was created by upperclassmen like yourself. I mean, I was a young buck that year. Um, still am, but <laughs> mostly mentally. Um, but does the vision, you know, what's your ability to to pass that vision on to the next people for, for them to take it on their own? It is a, it is a matter of believing in that person. Yeah. It's not a, there's not a written book. There's nothing, you know, there has to be some mentorship in their belief. Yeah. A relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, I, that, that's, <clears throat> that's a very difficult part. Yeah. I, I was, I think I was lucky in that my dad, I remember in second grade, <clears throat> I probably wouldn't remember this, but I remember him handing me a drill to drill a hole through a board. And the only reason I remember it is because after the drill went through the board, it grabbed my jeans because I had the board across my lap <laughs> drilling a hole. I, I, my dad was in the other room doing something. Um and it ripped up my jeans, but thankfully didn't pierce into my leg and, you know, hit that artery that would have killed me or whatever. But mm. there was a lot of those things that he gave me in third grade when I kicked a soccer ball through the window at my grandma's house. He's like, OK, come with me to the store. This is whatever the third window you've broken in how many years from now on, you're going to fix the windows that you break. And it was back in the day when you'd get the pane of glass and the putty and those little metal things and. Um, learn to fix windows in third grade and just, you know, a lot of those things over the years. And, um, and then I remember in college, like coach Jacobs was, you know, our coach was one of those guys for me where, um, he, you know, at the time I thought, oh, he's giving me responsibility because I'm responsible and I take care of things, which was somewhat true. Like he'd give me money or a van or, you know, he let me run the snack shop and paid me for that. But as I got older, I realized a lot of this, like he knew I had to pay for my last two years of college myself. So he was making a way for me to be able to do that, you know. And I remember one summer at camp, there was some other kid there. I can't remember who it was. He would come to our camps that we would run, but he didn't go to school with us. And I remember just like a moment of insecurity saying something like, um, you know, just, I said something about this guy, like, man, I bet, you know, you wish he was on our team or something like that. And coach just looked at me like I was an idiot and was like, buddy, you're so much better than him. And then just like looked away and like walked off, you know, but just those moments of belief 
of trust. And um, that was that was a year that I was a first team All-American. And I think a lot of that was just from like coach, you know, I did work for like 15 years to get to that point. But then there's also something where it's like people believing in you like propels you. It pushes you forward, you know, and um, and now at this stage of life to like look through people and go, hey, you can do this. Like you're you're able to do this, like take that next step, you know, make the leap. Um, And now a lot of times I'm coaching people my age or around my age where it's like, hey, you don't have to be an entrepreneur who's like on the hamster wheel and life is crazy. Like you can get systems in place. You can do some of these things. Like I've seen people do it. Like there have been seasons in my life when I've done it and seasons when everything's crazy. Um, But yeah, I just, I think those pieces of like believing in people, pushing them forward, seeing, you know, God do really cool things through it is kind of a fun place to be at our stage of life. Um, Yeah. Cool. Any, any, uh, what else comes to mind in your entrepreneurial journeys and faith journey? Um, well, you know, I, so the doctor, I went to the doctor yesterday just for a checkup and I had never met him before. And he's like, what do you do? You know, make a small talk. He was, you know, checking for, you know, skin damage or anything on my shoulders and, ears and head and he's like you look like you spent some time in the sun he's like what do you do and i'm like i'm stumped i I don't even i couldn't answer it was early in the morning it was early but i'm like i don't know whatever yeah he's like whatever i was like what do you do he's like and i'm a doctor i was like okay i do everything except for that and that's why i'm here and we're, you know, we're joking around, but I'm like, I don't know. I said, I've got, I do real estate. Okay. There's a good, simple answer. Yeah. Oh, you sell real estate. I do. I do. <laughs> what else? And I'm like, uh, I wasn't ready for this. This is like, I thought I was going to a skin doctor, not like a psychiatrist. Yeah. I wasn't ready. And, uh, I'm like, I'll, I do whatever. I can. I, I, yeah. I got animals. I got a farm. Okay, there. I said it. He's like, you got a farm? What do you have? I'm like, whatever. I got one pig left, buddy. <laughs> Kevin Bacon bit the dust last year. He's in the freezer. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, if I went back, you know, twenty five years and and my perception of what an entrepreneur was, which I wanted to start a landscape company. That was like my dream install. You know, that was like my dream. And I I did that for a little while. Um, I would have thought that that was an entrepreneur was somebody who started a business and ran that business successfully till they were 60 entire five years early because they had a successful business, maybe 50 if they were that good, that was like an entrepreneur to me. Um, and it's just changed so much. It, 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 I've looked in over the last couple of weeks, what the definition of an entrepreneur is. I swear entrepreneurs are writing the definition for entrepreneur because there's 10 different definitions (laughs) depending on who you, 
you know, depending on where yeah. you read. Um, yeah. And it's not the same as a businessman. I just thought, oh, it's a businessman yeah. slash entrepreneur. It's an entrepreneur, but um, it's it's just not. And I, I we had the opportunity to visit uh, our family in Norway this past summer, and uh, a, a lot of family, people I'd never met before, and, and it was a great time to to meet up with them. Um, a lot of the history in there was fishermen um, down at Duck Island. Same thing down at Wanchis. A lot of fishermen. Um, shrimpers charter guys and i'm like these the fisherman is an entrepreneur i mean yeah that's just the way it is you there is yeah. no s there is no guarantee of anything but they have an idea and they have a belief in themselves and they're going to go out and, and do it and figure it out and there's days that are horrible and there's days that come in and they're making five six thousand dollars a day on their catch and other people around tend to look at that and say, wow, those people are killing it. $5,000 yeah. a day. I mean, they're, they got to be millionaires, but generally people don't, people, people view an entrepreneur as somebody who just everything they touch is, is it turns to gold. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't really know what, maybe we tend to tell the stories that are more successful. You mentioned, you know, I've got a boat at the bottom of the sea. Um, <laughs> I bet many people can't say that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got to check on that, by the way. But, um, again, these are things that were a good idea. And it started out, and I calculated everything, and I was going to take it down and set up it as an Airbnb, a nice houseboat. And a storm guy got a call from the marina, and this guy says, hey, uh, your boat's at the bottom of the marina. <laughs> well, I didn't that wasn't in the plans. I mean, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't even in the worst that, case scenario <laughs> plans. No, that wasn't. I mean, that wasn't even, I figured if it was going to sink, it was when I was underway, not while I was still sitting yeah. in the parking spot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's many things like that that you come to the head and it's, it's a break even or a loss or, or different things like that. Or, you know, you've yeah. got a project that takes five years. Well, yeah. it's there's no pay in that five years you know it, it might be yeah. a side thing or whatever and it's like can you hold your breath that long and can you you know can yeah. you can you figure that stuff out so it we've always had side stuff and and you know diversification of income has been yeah. very important to us um and it will continue to be for it. it's yes it keeps us busy and people like I don't, I don't want to write this all on paper because I don't want to be overwhelmed. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. don't tell me what's going on. Um, yeah. But that also keeps, you know, it keeps things fresh. And I, I think, you know, passing that information on, that was the other, I guess, presumption I had when I was young was an entrepreneur is their own force of nature. Right. Yeah. It, like, that's a lone wolf and they're going, you know, they're going to do their thing. And the more I realize that the entrepreneur is more of a, it's a group think it's a, it's a, a conversations you and I have had and gravitating for, towards people who think differently or outside of the box, I guess is a cliche way yeah. to say it. But, um, yeah. the one gentleman in Norway, he's, is Olaf. He's got a Model T in a garage. And I'm like, how did this even get here? 
he took us for a ride <laughs> this past summer in the Model T, yeah. and I thought we were going to die, like up the sides of these cliffs. And I'm like, this guy's literally trying to kill us. Um, <laughs> but all he kept talking about was possibility thinkers. He's like the yeah. possibility things. Everybody thinks in probabilities. They calculate yeah. risk and they say, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to settle in here. And that's the path I'm going to take because, you know, it pays the bills. It gives me a little extra. And this is the life I'm going to, to live. Yeah. yeah. But he's like the possibility thinker. And, and they told stories, you know, all the people who moved to the United States for a better life and, you know, got a job on some shipping vessel and, and some were never seen be seen again. But like yeah. this adventurer spirit of. I don't know what there is, but it's exciting for me to enough to, to pursue it and go after it. Um, yeah. You know, some will say, you know, the, the greatest risk is regret, right? Yeah. I didn't, I don't want to take risk. You know, I'm not a risk taker, whatever, but the yeah. biggest risk is we reach 65 and look back and say, I have so many regrets of the things I wish I had done. Yeah. Um, and that is, you, you can't do everything, but, yeah. Um, when I feel like God presents me an opportunity, I'm not going to say I'm too busy or I'm not going to say whatever for yeah. me, it's to go evaluate it. I want to see it. I want to kick the tires, um, and, and, and see what it, see what it does, yeah. see what it, it can do. Yeah. And maybe it's just a matter of, I've never, and I've had regular jobs through this whole series. Like we're like, Oh no, like we diversify five ways and they're all, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a holding pattern South, um, yeah. get a real job or whatever for a short period of time. Yeah. And I don't regret any of those. I wasn't fired yeah. from any of those, which yeah. for wow. some reason I, I count as a badge yeah. of honor is very close. <laughs> um, but I, there's stuff I learned in those jobs and every <clears throat> thing that I did, whether somebody was like, well, that was a failure. Your boat sank. Well, I learned very valuable things, you know, yeah. about, absolutely different things like that um yeah which you know again there's no such thing as a dumb answer a dumb question and i'm like I, well there's such thing as a dumb question you just get dumb answers um yeah. but it's the same thing as the people say there's no such thing as a failure as long as you learn from that failure which growing up always seemed like a way to like just make someone feel better for coming in last right right but right. the truth is in real life you know, you can get, you can learn way more than through experience. People say failure, you know, yeah. Uh, experience is the best teacher. They also say as long yeah. as it's someone else's experience, but yeah, that, if it's that's, your it experience, is. you bear the scars, right? Yeah. You, you got taught, you learned way better than the guy who watched you get burned because you right. definitely will never do it again, or you, you will change the way you do yeah. things. Um, but it, it you know, yeah. failure is also usually the most time consuming and expensive way to, uh, to learn. Yeah. If you do it. Yeah. I think I, I liked what you said about possibility thinking versus probability thinking. And I think there's things like, you know, the fact that you own an Island is because it's like, Hey, what's, what, how can we possibly get this? What could come out of this? How do we make it happen? And the house that I bought here in Roanoke, you know, 15 years ago, I would sit behind my father-in-law's house on the stream and look over to this big piece of property and go, man, that'd be really cool to have that one day, God, or 
that'd be great to host people, you know? And then um, your son, Clay, came to our school and, and he was one of the people that got to, to live there and experience it. And um, and I just called the lady up, like the house isn't for sale. I just said, hey, do you want to sell? You know, and um, I think just going, what what is possible in this situation? Um, or, you know, what can we make happen? How can we... I always think like add value and then ask outrageously, but, but asking and like that lady is a good example. Like we had, I had to build her trust. I had to move her out of the property. I had to not shame her for being a hoarder. Like there was all these things that like I added value to her life so I could ask her outrageously just to sell and, you know, move on. And I think I think for for entrepreneurs going okay what what is possible in this situation how do we add value to others how do we make it happen um I think for me like one of the biggest values is just freedom you know like even so right now I'm in the middle of um starting we've we've left stop slavery I'm starting my own business map winners to help people get to the top of Google with their business grow their businesses and um but I'm in this season where it's like, it's startup. So like, I've had to say no to going to weddings that are, you know, a flight away or, um, yeah, just, just different things that like next summer, I want to have the freedom to do that. But this is a season of like buckling down, growing the business, making things happen. But ultimately like freedom is a huge driver for me. You know, my wife's like, why don't you just get a job? Someone offered a job that was like good money. Why don't you just take that? And I'm like, uh, no, can't I, I, I can't, it's been, you know, I haven't worked for anyone else since 1999 and like to go to a nine to five, I might as well just shoot myself. Cause what if I want to take a hike at noon or I want to talk to Scott for an hour on a podcast or I want to do something fun. Um, yeah, I think for me that value of freedom is a huge one that, um, that just drives me to do what I do, you know, like I'm willing to, to like work hard or work late or, or whatever, do something, do things that are really uncomfortable to make something happen. Um, so that I have, you know, more freedom in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that sums up the buddy I've always known from, <laughs> I swear we're on bus trips, like to go back, <laughs> coming back from a game or something. And coach is like, where's buddy? And someone's like, oh, he hitchhiked. There's, <laughs> he went home with somebody else. <laughs> he took a train. I don't know. I'm like, you know, we get to an ice cream yeah. place as a team. And you know, there's two girls working behind the counter and you know, you jump over the counter and start serving ice cream and everybody's just like, oh, what's happening here? <laughs> um, I think it was really we slow. We may have gotten a lot of free up, ice cream right? right there. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, I, I no. Can, I yeah, can, right. Uh, it was super slow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's – and that's – I you can't do everything in a business or a venture, but you have to be willing to do anything, right? Like yeah. I'm – Yeah. That's I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to do this. I'm diving under yeah. the boat to scrape, uh, you know, barnacles off or whatever, or, you know, yeah. cutting a crab pot out of the motor 
because, and we, a couple of years ago, we were about to launch our, um, our duck hunting and fishing charters, which we, which we will be, um, coming 2023 or 2024. Um, and all of our locations are over water or two miles over water and we don't have a captain on staff and i'm like well we got two weeks i'm going to go to captain school and get a captain's license yeah. not in a million years would i've assumed that that was going to be the case but i'm like i am not going to get to the point where we're opening and somebody says you need a captain yeah <laughs> you need you need a boat captain or whatever and i'm like i'm here uh we yeah. have the boat and you know there's stuff that you just you just have to learn how to do or be willing to do um, to yeah. bridge the gap. And, 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 you know, especially in the interim of your finding, finding good leaders within your business is, is finding is okay. I believe in this person. I know they can do it, but it also means there's going to be a certain period of time where they're not going to do it well or up to my yeah. standards, or they're going to do it incorrectly. I got to be willing to step in there and fill a gap or, yeah. or, or do whatever. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, we, yeah. we'd always do that. Unfortunately, there's been times where I've been stuck in a rut doing that activity over and over again. Yeah. Um, the golf course is one. That, that was, you know, we intended to buy that and turn it into a development. The market got sour. So we're like, let's open a golf course then. And then we'll build homes on the course. And um, still a possibility. But that was a short-term plan. Yeah. I'll manage the course. I'll learn how to do it, and we'll do it. Figure out everything. Uh, I was literally calling people, saying, "How how tall do you cut do you cut grass on a tee box?" I, I don't I don't know this stuff. Um, <laughs> and we found some of the right people, but as far as someone being there, and so I'm sitting there, you know, 12 years later, I'm running a pro shop, and I'm like, I didn't. This isn't the life that I. This is not like yeah. ideal. This isn't um, the dream. <laughs> right. And, and it was a family. That was my brothers and I. It was a full family, you know, venture. And I lived closest. And so I'm like, I'll do it. And then, you know, 10, 11 years later, I'm like, I'm not getting younger here. And, you know, yeah. this is this is a, a big thing. But within that time, you know, Mike started training. We start, He started picking up more things. And we just kind of switched. I was able to move down here to North Carolina and um, we sold the church that we ended up living in for a while, uh, which was the goal. And it was great. Yeah. I can literally tell my, tell people my kids grew up in the church and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not normal. The freedom, um, again, when I was in Norway, it, um, a lot of those people have been in the same job for 40 years. It's like they started there wow. and it's very, and it's not rigid, but it's, it is very structured. You, you, I mean, yeah. you go to work for one place and that's, that's what your lot in life is. And they yeah. were asking me what I was doing. And I'm like, I oh, would do all kinds of stuff. And then one of them was like, Americans are all about their freedom. I was like, well, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, you yeah. know, I, I believe that God put us in this point in time and he put us in this country where you can do this stuff. And he gave me these, he gave me different abilities, different ambitions, yeah. And it, there's times that I feel like it's a responsibility to exercise those things because God has blessed us and where, where he's put us in life. It's literally, yeah. and it comes and evaluating things. And you say, you know, God, you want me to do this. And 
instead of sitting around and asking for a yes, it's this makes sense for everything I evaluated, my motives in it, the why, it's all right. If God doesn't want me to do it, he's got the power to to, to yeah. make it quite obvious that that's not going to sunk. He sunk my boat. Okay. He yeah. sunk my boat. Um, <laughs> which is, which is fine. I mean, they didn't go all Jonah on me. So I guess I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but again, the importance yeah. of having godly accountability like yourself and many other people that I've been able to link up with that I can make a call and say, what do you think about this? Am I looking at this wrong? You know, pray for yeah. me in this. Is there something that like, would you do this? Um, yeah. It is, is just a huge asset. The, the, the network, the idea of network for me back in the, again, presumptions of what an entrepreneur with a network was people to make money off of. Yeah. When, when you look at like, Oh, well, he, he's got a network. That's like, Oh, different ways of pouring money, but it's, it's not, it's, it's an even field where, people don't have a financial benefit per se from, from each other. It's yeah. more of a brotherhood or, um, you know, again, just trying to figure stuff out. And it's, it's been a huge blessing over the last years. Yeah. Hopefully continue yeah, to be I think, so. Yeah. I think having network, um, it's a give and take, right? Like you're, you're, you're always looking how you can add value to others, be a blessing to others, serve others. Um, I asked my wife this morning cause I was, I was running a few minutes late and a contractor showed up that I've been making coffee for in the mornings. And so I said, Hey, could you make, she was already working her job, but I said, Hey, can you make some coffee? I'm running late. And, uh, I said, remember your theme song as I walked out and she's like, no, what? And I'm like, make me a servant. And she's like, quit singing. Cause I'm awful. And she's like, she doesn't want to be a servant right now. She wants to do her own thing, no. but um, she was willing to do it, you know, and, and serve the guy coffee and helped him. But I think all and you of, believed in her. Uh, I believed in her that she could do it and she did it and, mm -hmm. and came through for Tennessee, our contractor. But I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I do remember being 16 and a youth leader saying to me, buddy, you always are willing to help. If I ask you to help, you're willing to do anything. But th this lady, her name was Steph. She said, what I want you to do is I want you to see the need and you take care of it before someone asks you to do like, that's your next level. And at 16, you know, there was no like seeing the need of anything. You know, I'm sure my mom would never say, Oh yeah, buddy would just see the dishes and he would go and take care of them. Um, but, they actually did do a good job of that. I, I did dishes when I was young, but in seventh grade, I exchanged dishes, which cut into playtime for doing the family's laundry. So I did the whole laundry for six of us, but I could do that when my friends were doing homework. So I didn't really miss out on playtime. So it, it worked out well. Well, I think we just set the record for the longest BAM school podcast ever. Oh. Um, yeah. That good Great or bad. having you on. Huh. I um, next year before you open uh, Duck Island officially for all these people to come on, I need to have you and Stan on, and we'll talk about Duck Island and uh, some of your adventures, you and Stan together, and that will be a lot of fun. So thanks for being on the podcast, Scott. Thanks for having me, buddy. Good chatting with you. Yeah. All right, I'm hitting stop. <clears throat> um, as it uploads, 
and um, it's it should end. Bam School, facilitating a global self-funding disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the Bam School podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more at forbam.com.